probe deeper, to focus on the particular rather than the general, and to uncover as much as I could about what it was like for ordinary people to live and die in these momentous years. Therefore, I decided to try to tell the story of the Great Pestilence from the perspective of the inhabitants of a single village. The place I chose was Walshamley Willows, a large rural parish in northwest Suffolk, that possesses exceptionally good local records, which run continuously through the crucial years, from the mid-1340s to 1350. But as I began to work on the book, it soon became clear why nothing like this had ever been done before. Even in the best documented of places, the sources surviving from the 14th century are silent, or severely deficient, on most of the issues that were central to the lives of the villagers. There are no diaries, reminiscences, or correspondence, and no accounts of what people believed or how they spent their days. In fact, there is scarcely any truly personal information on the vast majority of men and women who lived at the time, for they were illiterate and their rulers and betters were not concerned to write much about them. Thus, despite being of exceptional quality for the period, Walsham's sources fall far short of enabling the historian adequately to explore the experiences of its inhabitants during the Black Death. As a result, any conventional historical account which is written about this village, or any other village for that matter, rather than being comprehensive and intimate, will inevitably be selective and impersonal. Historians seeking to write an intimate social history of the Great Pestilence will find themselves constantly thwarted by the lack of evidence. Instead of writing the story they might seek to tell, they will have their focus set by the very different priorities and motives of the fourteenth-century clerks and administrators who compiled the records. While we would wish to discover what the people who lived and died in these tumultuous years experienced, heard, thought, did, and believed, even the very best sources, the local court records, tell us primarily about such matters as the straying of sheep and cows, the failure to repay debts, the obstructions which careless or selfish villagers left in the way of paths and watercourses, the poaching of rabbits, the election of villagers to manorial offices, or the buying, selling, and inheritance of plots of land. And what is more, they rarely do so in other than brief and formulaic language. Pieces of information like this, of course, capture an essential part of the routine of rural society, and they can occasionally be supplemented by notices of deaths, marriages, and illegitimate births. But much of the world in which Walsham villagers lived is left in deep, impenetrable shadow. Local records tell us frustratingly little in a direct manner about the impact of the Black Death. The intimate history of the Black Death, as it was witnessed by those who experienced it, was never recorded. Yet it would be wrong to suggest that the fourteenth century is poorly documented. Rather, its relatively abundant archives cast their light in other places. There are multitudes of records which illuminate significant areas of the religious, political, legal, and economic affairs of the time, although the vast majority of them relate to the affairs of nations and to major occurrences in the world at large, or were created by the bureaucracies of institutions and deal with administrative processes. 
Such archives support the writing of macro-histories, or provide wondrous detail on such matters as the income and expenditure of great households, or the performance of the great farms of the rich. But they are largely silent on the micro-histories of ordinary people. Such a state of affairs is not uncommon, for throughout history institutions have generated the bulk of vellum and paper, while daily living and individual lives have left little or no trace. The absence of personal information is particularly acute in the Middle Ages, where the sources simply do not survive, which would enable even partial biographies of the great mass of ordinary folk who dwelled in villages and towns to be reconstructed. The same is true of religion, which was of immense importance to 14th century society. A considerable amount is known about the English Church and the organization and operation of dioceses and parishes.